my friends are listening to the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. And I'm your host, Noodle Swoop. And today, Guy Grumpy's taking one episode off. He's spending some time with the family. So it'll just be me, but it won't just be me, as I do have a guest with us. Zombies go nom nom. Hey, how's it going? Join us on this episode, because this is our episode that's going to be about all things mercenaries. Get to have a little bit of an update with uh, the mercenaries scene for the first time in a little bit. But this is the Happy Hearthstone, so we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you, what's making you happy? So, something that is uh, making me happy right now is I've really been enjoying the uh, PvP metagame in Mercenaries, and uh, kind of a bigger thing for me as a creator, I finally got some internet issues I was having taken care of, switched to a provider that was not as awful as Spectrum, and uh, now I can stream more consistently, because before I was having issues where it would kind of drop out midstream, and as I'm sure you can understand, it's very frustrating when you're trying to stream more consistently. So changed providers. Now I have a stable connection and I've been streaming a lot more because of it. And it's been really fun. So I've been really happy about that. Excellent. It's always great to be able to have that that setup going correctly. I'm actually currently in the works of getting a new stream computer. So I totally oh, nice. understand that. Um, although I'm working with one of one of my fr- good friends who's actually been on the show, Chuck Mate. He's helped me like with like making the right choices and not trying <laughs> to get swindled into like getting the wrong thing just because oh, yeah. fail. And he's like really pushing me like hold off one more week because apparently Fourth of July is like big sale time for computers, oh. and uh, like I'll I'll make a decent amount of savings to be able to like really get just the right system so yeah get that bang for your buck yeah i i appreciate his help but at the same time i'm like oh, i'm dying because like my last stream i had to cancel it because like i just couldn't like the system resources that i'm running off of just mm-hmm. couldn't handle even just streaming hearthstone and, and keeping things live so it was kind of kind of at that point where i'm like i i know i need a new system but i i really want to make sure i'm making the right choice too yeah, you want that longevity, right? Like, I recently did the same thing. I was, when I first started doing content, I was running off of a computer that I have had since 2012 <laughs> um, with minor upgrades along the way. So, needless to say, it was not uh, the world's best computer. It was the, I'm pretty sure the, the motherboard was slowly dying on me too. It just wasn't good. So, once I started doing this more full time, I needed to upgrade. And just like you were talking about, you really want something that's going to last you a long time. Like I wanted to spend, you know, a decent amount of money, but not have to worry about this for another five to 10 years or something. And I think that's the way to do it. Exactly. And that's, that's the big thing is that's, that's what I'm getting working with Chuck on is like, I want to future proof a little bit too here. Exactly. Let's, let's spend, spend money, but spend it wisely, right? Like get, get the best, the best that we can with the money that I have. Um, but as far as what's making me happy, um, actually the, just yesterday I went along the coast and went out to see a lighthouse. I took my dogs with me in the car and it was a couple hours drive, but, but it was so like getting out into the country, right? Like seeing the Hills and we've been past a reservoir and just getting a chance to like not be in the city. Uh, it was, it was excellent. Like it was like exactly what I needed, especially with everything going on, like politically and whatnot. I was like, I don't want to be near people. I want to be out 
and just like in nature and and then got get getting to walk along the the coast and just you know you see the birds flying around and have all that fresh air oh it was amazing yeah sounds really nice that was my happy moment so <laughs> it was it was good I, I i feel like i i've i've been needing that actually ever since i moved to this area it was like just a trip to like just go chill and uh mm-hmm. it was exactly what i needed it was perfect so <laughs> that's awesome yeah I, I did something similar i live right near a beach and uh it's one of those things where when you're not near it you kind of appreciate that stuff a lot more than like when it's always available to you but i've been trying to do more of just getting some some exercise in appreciating kind of the the nature and and whatnot because it's especially easy when uh, you spend so much time as a creator you know sitting behind a desk and whatnot and behind a screen it's easy to just like not find time for that stuff sometimes um so i've been trying to make like a dis like a more conscious decision to do more of that kind of stuff because your your body really appreciates it, both uh, physically and mentally. I think. Yeah, it, it really. It, I think it was exactly what the doctor ordered. <laughs> so that's good. Um, but with that, we we brought you on to talk about all things mercenaries. But first, let's let's get it. Take a moment. Introduce yourself a little bit. Let us know who is zombies going on now. Sure. So uh, yeah, I'm zombies. I've been doing the uh, mostly mercenary content creation. I do a little bit of wild stuff here and there, but Mercs is definitely my main focus. I uh, I started doing content for the mode very shortly after release. I think it was within the first week of release um, and started kind of slower, but right away my focus was on the PvP as that is what drew me into the game and is the reason I started and continue to play Mercenaries. Um, I really love the PvP in the mode, and I think a lot of other people do as well. However, due to kind of the structure of the mode and how uh, there's a little bit, especially at launch, there is a very high barrier to entry for people to try PvP, um, I think there was a lot of value in the stuff I was doing early on because it let people get a, a feel for what the PvP was like without having to put in all the time to grind up the characters to see for themselves. Um, so I, I started doing that, yeah, back in October, just after Mercs launched. And then around Thanksgiving time, so just before December, I actually uh, I quit my old job because I wasn't really that big of a fan of it. And uh, I started doing the the content stuff full time. And so I've been doing that for a little while now, what, uh, December, so like seven months or so, but over half a year. And uh, it's been a really great journey. I've, uh, I've learned a lot. And I think there's, there's just so much I want to do with content creation that I haven't even, I feel like I haven't scratched the surface of some of the deeper stuff I want to do, but generally what I focus on a lot is the PvP gameplay, as well as some kind of general guides for PvE, new player guides, that kind of stuff is really uh, my focus. Excellent. Well, I mean, that's definitely one of those things that, that people listening to the show would want to know about, is like I've maybe they didn't even touch Mercs, or like me, uh, started with Mercenaries when it first came out, and then you know, other things drew their attention away, and now 
maybe looking back on it, I'm going, wait a second. I know I spent a little bit of money initially when the game came out. Can I co- can I go back and can I play Mercs now? And is it worth it? Yeah, I think those are uh, I think those are some some very valid questions to have. Uh, so a fair amount has changed in uh, in the time since launch. Uh, not everything has been you know perfected. Uh, there are definitely still some things I think there's a lot of room for improvement on. However, they have improved on what I think were some of the the worst aspects that were kind of keeping people away. The, the biggest change that I think is worth talking about is the change to the task system and the mysterious stranger. So this was something that I think Blizzard made a very, very large mistake at launch. Uh, you were around at launch, so you might remember. I remember I used to uh, go into like, what was it, the second bounty? And then I would farm that second bounty over and over and over again so I could get the tasks that I needed. So that way I can complete those tasks to get my mercs all powered up. Yeah, and that's that's what I was going to talk about. Yep, so that was Air Elemental. And the reason people farmed Air Elemental was because it was the most effective way to get Mysterious Stranger. And for those who don't know what the Mysterious Stranger is, there's a mystery node. It can be one of a handful of things. But one of those things is the Mysterious Stranger, and it would give you a task for one of your mercenaries in the party got to select from one out of three of your characters in the party and that task is just kind of like a challenge once you completed the task you'd be rewarded for with coins for that mercenary and so this was kind of the fastest way to gear up your characters as opposed to just farming uh, bounties for coins so when the game launched uh when you completed a task that task was gone it and then if you got another task, it would be it would go from task one to two to three, all the way up to 18. But you would have to farm those tasks. Once you finished one, you'd have to go get another one. Or you could also wait for the daily reset as you would get a new task for if you had the, the campsite upgraded up to four characters per day if you didn't have any already there. Now, the problem was... So people started farming, like you mentioned, Air Elemental. And the reason for that was because Air Elemental was by far the fastest way to get these mysterious strangers, which were the fastest way to progress your characters. So naturally, people are going to do that. In fact, Blizzard even featured a guide on how to do that inside the Hearthstone client, <laughs> um, the the little launcher. Like they, were, they were like, do this, and then they turned back around, because mm-hmm. I remember then they made a change where it was like, Oh, now you can't do that anymore because if, if yep. the the bounty level isn't high enough, you're not going to see uh, the mysterious stranger as frequently. Yes, and that was a direct targeted nerf to essentially slow down people's progression because, in my mind, they felt people were progressing too quickly. And I think they realized at that progression rate, people were going to run out of content a lot faster than they would be able to update and deliver more. The problem was when you implement a change like that, where you're taking something away from the player, and in this case, taking away, not even arguably, the most effective way to farm up, and you do not give the player anything in return in place of that, that's a pretty big exit point for a lot of people. And that's exactly what we saw. Uh, A lot of people 
were very, I mean, I know numerous people, both just regular players, even some creators who they wanted to do the PVP stuff. They were putting the time in the grind because let's be honest, grinding that one of the easiest stages in the game, it, it wasn't exactly fun. It was pretty mindless. You could throw on a, a TV show or something in the background, but you weren't paying attention to that because if you did, you'd lose your mind uh, because it required a lot of hours of just doing something very repetitive without any thinking involved. You know, it, it almost makes you wish you had a, a way to, to set it on auto battle. Like as long as I yeah. have the, yeah. the, the client up on my phone, it'll just do it for me. And that's a popular thing in other games too. Because I mean, like I, I don't, I don't necessarily need to make any choice whatsoever on this easy. I've already beaten it boss because it, like my characters are strong enough that it doesn't even matter. It will kill it. Even if I pick the wrong choice, it would still kill it. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to do any thinking, and uh, that was kind of the point. But you weren't running it because of how mindless it was. You were running it simply because it was the most effective. And when you take something like that away from the players, you really need to give them something else in return, in my opinion, if you want people to not quit your game. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise you're just making it an arbitrary roadblock where it's like, well, you were doing this too quickly. So now you're going to have to do it slower. And people were used to doing it at a faster rate. So a lot of people just said, this was already not that fast, but it was a little bit faster. You're telling me I have to go even slower. I'm out. Like, I, I'm not interested in doing this. Um, and I think that was one of the biggest mistakes this mode has ever made. And they even said something when it happened. They're monitoring feedback about it, but nothing came of that until some changes months later. So in my opinion, that was one of the biggest missteps at launch where it really just, it left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths uh, that a game that was already very grindy, they would nerf a progression system to make the grind even longer without doing anything to make it a bit better for the players yeah i know for myself like i ended up figuring out like i would kill the tree and thing that would spawn trees like that was my best bounty that where i could still potentially find mysterious strangers but even then it still was slow like there was usually like six battles before i finally got to the point where there was that coin and mm -hmm. and then it was like well since i'm already this far in i might as well also complete out the task because at least i get the coins so yeah so uh -huh. it got a lot worse though yeah there's no denying that it was definitely st still slower but i i do know that they they made a change to the task system and that mm -hmm. that change may, may actually help out a lot of people with with maxing out characters yes do you want to talk about what that change was for sure so they made a very very big change to the task system a few months ago um i do wish it came a bit faster but it did show up eventually, and apparently they are making another change to the task system in the future. We don't really know anything about that, but they did state in the beginning of the year they had some idea or something planned for additional changes. We don't know what those are yet, but the big one, and as a creator, I've, this is the change that, I think this was the biggest change that brought people back to the mode, uh, was they made it so, like I explained before, with the tasks before, you would do your task, then your task would be gone. 
And if you wanted to get another task, you had to get lucky on the daily reset. That was for a character you wanted because they were random. Or you had to go and farm mysterious strangers. So for every character you wanted to max out your tasks for, you had to go essentially find 18 mysterious strangers for them. And that was a lot just to max out one character. But now things have changed. So the mysterious stranger appearance rate has been lowered. And that might sound like a really awful thing at first, but the reason it was lowered is because they completely changed how the task system works. So now, if you get a task for a character, and you do still get them on your daily reset, if you get a task, you complete task one, you are automatically given task two. And then you complete task two, you're automatically given task three. So there's no more farming 18 mysterious strangers just to get your kind of tasks to progress and then get the coins. Now you get that first task. As long as you're doing the stuff to complete the tasks, you can get all 18 done without having to farm any mysterious strangers. So at worst, you only need one stranger per character, which is an absolutely huge change. In fact, I, I I noticed that that was better for myself. I actually went back into the mode a little bit prepping for this episode because I was like, let me mm-hmm. see how, what it feels like now, now that I've been gone for, for a little bit. And uh, I started to to work on some of the tasks and uh, actually got um, Uther given to me on the daily quest alongside... Uh, what is his name? The priest one. <laughs> Anduin? And yeah, Anduin. So I was like, cool. I actually have two characters that that coincide, right? Like their mm-hmm. tasks will will line up together and I can I can work on their tasks with with like just a set holy mercs yeah. build and it'll feel good. Like I'll feel positive about getting through these tasks together. And I was like, that's excellent. It's great when you get it to line up, but still a little bit of a challenge with the fact that then I also have like one for Rexar and I'm like, well, I mean, he doesn't quite fit into Holy, but you know what? I'm going to just put him uh, like in the same Mm -hmm. comp because I might as well work the task. So yeah, that's a good way to do it. And that's what I recommend most people to do because there are a lot of generic things on the tasks. So it'll be complete a bounty X times or uh, deal X damage. Now, some of them will be specific, like you mentioned, like the holy characters will usually have deal holy damage with this merc and a team. So it's nice when those line up, but still, I think more than half are going to line up anyway, uh, because they're just more generic in terms of dealing damage or uh, completing bounties, simple stuff. One other thing that is really nice is that we did recently have a very large mercenaries drop Uh, where more characters than ever were added to the game all at once. And the nice thing about these new characters is the tasks are notably less grindy than some of the launch characters. Now, I wish they would go back and adjust some of these launch character tasks, because to me, it feels like some of the reason these tasks were so grindy at launch was because they were kind of trying to stall for time a bit until they could get more content out there. Because I think even Ben Lee came out and said people consumed the content for Mercenaries much faster than they initially anticipated. Uh, They thought people would take it a little bit more slow and casually. But 
as as we know, a lot of uh, Blizzard game players don't do that. Um, <laughs> we tend to grind forever and ever, and and with an insatiable kind of uh, exactly. Feel. And I, I get it. I, I mean, like it definitely for me when I first started playing the mode, it felt like almost like uh, an RPG in a way, right? Like I'm I'm making my character stronger, and I'm grinding out these these tasks. Which I mean, when I played World of Warcraft, that was a thing that I would do, right? I'd mm-hmm. I'd focus on okay, I gotta kill uh, seven Elwyn boars, and then I get the sort mm-hmm. of a thousand truths. Perfect, I can totally do that. Let's let's do do these things. So uh, you know, kill off the seven boars. Great, got a sword, awesome, and that makes my character even more powerful. Um, and <laughs> i'm sorry that's a joke uh, no it's it's fine i i get i get the reference uh, but uh it, it's that idea right if i grind it, it the the results will show up yeah it's rewarding right it's a progression loop that ends up with you feeling satisfying if you feel like you're not just grinding for the sake of grinding you're grinding and you're getting something accomplished and i think that's a big thing with the task change before you were literally grinding just to get the tasks and completing them was so trivial most of the time compared to the actual time you had to spend grinding for them. To get them. It just wasn't yeah. a satisfying gameplay loop. It, it really, it, it felt like it, it just felt way too slow and it kind of ties into an issue. I think the mode still has a bit in that the mode really doesn't do a good job of conveying to the player what your goals are. Mm-hmm. And I think that can lead to confusion and people not really knowing what they're supposed to do in mercenaries. And if you don't have these kind of goals or ideas to set for yourself, I think that kind of takes away from the experience. So talk a little bit about that. Like what, what do you think some of the goals that, a mercenaries player should have if I'm a new player or even a seasoned player. So a big thing is there are two main modes to mercenaries. There's PVE and there's PVP. And you kind of have to decide what you want out of the mode. There are a lot of people who enjoy the mode as purely a kind of character collecting and progressing experience in the uh, mercenaries discord. I know more people than I can count who have made dedicated spreadsheets to track the coins and progression and all this stuff. Um, So for a large section of the player base, that is their focus. That is their goal. They solely play PVE and they do it because they like the characters. They think the characters are cool and fun and they want to progress them so they can play with them. And just for a sense of, I like collecting things. Yeah. Got to catch them all. Exactly, exactly. There there are a lot of uh, ways that this game relates to Pokemon in a lot of uh, people's opinion, including my own. And I think that's one of the bigger strengths of it. So that's a totally valid way to play the mode. Um, however, that's not really why I play it. The reason I play it is for PvP. Uh, I think Mercenaries PvP is the most dynamic and interesting in Hearthstone. I've played all the different modes of Hearthstone and I've liked some of them quite a lot. I mean, I've played Constructed for, what, since 2014? I started just around, uh, just before Nax Ramus came out. So I've played a lot of Hearthstone over the years and I love it as a game. But 
Mercenaries PvP offered me a gameplay experience that I feel wasn't really offered in any of the other modes. It's just so different because, kind of like Battlegrounds in a way, it's not rooted in base Hearthstone. It's kind of its own game. And to be honest, it could be its own game if it wasn't in the Hearthstone client, same as Battlegrounds. Um, I think it's great that it is in the client, but it really is so different than any other mode. And the PvP really, it reminds me a lot of competitive Pokemon in that you have a team of six characters. Uh, you have like basically the equivalent of like super effective damage. If you have an advantage of one role versus another, uh, there are different speeds to things. There's just so much... And I think they even talked about that a little bit when they were uh, kind of hyping up mercenaries was that's how it kind of started was uh, someone on the team basically threw it through like a concept together of like Pokemon like. And uh, I think it, they really, really have something incredible with PvP. The tricky part and the part that I don't like is that they haven't, in my opinion, uh, they haven't pushed that. They haven't. They haven't made that apparent to people. They really were trying to sell mercenaries as a PVE mode first, uh, because I think they felt that was lacking in Hearthstone. We've had the adventures, and those were fun, but those kind of uh, went away, and we got the mini sets instead. And they still did some single player content, uh, like Doom in the Tomb, and some of those. I know there is a subsection of the audience that really enjoys those, but there wasn't really a main PvE experience for Hearthstone. When Hearthstone was designed and made, it was very clearly made with PvP in mind, and the vast majority of Hearthstone modes reflect that, uh, whether it's duels, arena, wild, standard, uh, battlegrounds. It's all PvP-based, and so... I think they were trying to have this give people more of a PvE option for the people who wanted that. The issue is that PvP, I think, is still kind of not fully realizing its true potential. It's gotten better over time, but there, when comparing to PvP, the depth of decision-making and the gameplay I kind of enjoy versus other players and seeing these new combinations and teams... It's just infinitely more interesting in PvP than it is in PvE to me. And the problem is there's no way for... If someone's a new player and they say, I want to focus on PvP and mercenaries, you cannot do that without going through PvE. It is not possible. You have to do PvE. Yeah, because... You ha you have to grind up your characters at least a little bit before you can even enter into the PvP mode yes and uh it's i think that's a huge problem and i think that is really what is holding merc's pvp back in terms of uh, becoming a more popular more celebrated thing it's it's not a secret that that mercs is the the most memed on mode in the uh the wider community much like duels was for a long time um but duels turned it around right that yeah, I feel like duels has definitely found a, found a, a fitting, and I, I think a lot of that mm -hmm. also comes into the fact that like they're now receiving updates routinely, right? Duels, yes. I've seen them, you know, 
sometimes even ban cards, nerf cards, uh, change cards based off of what was seen as way too powerful or mm-hmm. even weak. Like they've uh, they've updated some of the 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 cards to to be stronger too. So yeah, uh, when you talk about balancing, that's that definitely helps to make the mode feel like. Well, not only is it a mode out there for us to play, but it's also a mode that Blizzard cares about. And I felt like that was an interesting thing, too, with the recent patch notes, is that I noticed that they're they're releasing updates for Mercenaries, too. And mm-hmm. some of those updates that we recently talked about on our last episode, those were some big changes. Now, I know because I've played the mode, but some people don't necessarily know about like how big of a change one number is to another. And some mm-hmm. of them were massive changes going from like seven to three, if I remember correctly. So, yeah. um, and when you talk about like cooldowns and speed, that's a big part of, of Mercenaries is how it's fast huge. your characters are, correct? Yeah, uh, speed and... So I would, I would liken, uh, so speed is obviously important, but I think even bigger than speed, if you're adjusting something balance wise is cooldowns, uh, cooldowns. And this is more related to PVP cooldowns usually don't matter quite as much in PVE because there are often ways to like cheat cooldowns with treasure rewards and stuff and bounties and, and whatnot. So there are ways to like kind of modify that in PVE. And they've also specifically said at the start that they didn't care if something is overpowered in PvE. Like, they, they, they're they okay with that. They're never going to nerf a character in Mercenaries because it's too good in PvE. Um, but these changes definitely seem more directed at uh, PvP. And it was actually really cool. Uh, big shout out to uh, one of the members of the Mercenaries team, uh, Tess, she did kind of a, uh, as we've seen for some of the standard changes, she did kind of a breakdown on Twitter of the changes and kind of the intent behind a lot of the changes that we got. So I really like that kind of insight. And like you mentioned with duels, I think communication is a huge part of what helps a mode succeed. And that was something uh, Mercs hasn't always been the best with. There is some decent communication at the start. And then it kind of tapered off into nothing for a very, very long time. And it's improved uh, over time. I still think they have a long way to go uh, and whatnot, especially like the, I think even as someone who doesn't play duels, the duels people are amazing. Like I, I see them all the time, directly engaging with the community, getting all this feedback. And I think that really encourages people to play the mode more and have a passion for this mode because they know the people making it are passionate. And you can't really know that when you don't have any communication. Um, And for a long time, that was the case of Mercenaries. And I think that was another big kind of pitfall for the mode was players were kind of left to their own devices to try and figure out what's going on with the mode because we just didn't get communication about it. But that has improved a bit. Again, big shout out to Tess because she's been like, really fantastic with the communication stuff. Um, and it's just great getting some insight on these changes we've gotten amongst other things. Um, so I, I really appreciate that kind of stuff. Yeah. We'll definitely have to include some link in the show notes for uh Tess as well on, on Twitter. So people can start following if they want. Um, so with that, some of the communication that has come out to uh, players on a whole 
from Hearthstone are some of these events that have happened with releases mm-hmm. of mercenaries and also you can get access to free mercenaries. Like I know Tyrael was one of the ones that I could get for free and there were also um, mercenaries that I could get by doing timed events like Nazoth. Yep. Uh, you want to talk about a little bit of the release cycle for some of those uh, mercenaries? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So I actually think we have another one coming up very shortly here. We did get that uh, little teaser the other day about uh, previews for the next expansion are starting on Monday. And obviously, I think looking at the the patch history of Hearthstone, it's very likely we get a patch early in the week with the uh, 0.6 patch. That usually introduces the pre-order for the next expansion about a month or so before it comes out. Uh, I think that's also when they usually give out that free legendary early, like we got Phelan. Yeah, that... that that messes with standard a little bit and people are like, wait a second. Yeah. Spice things up a little bit. I, it wasn't failing. It was uh blade master. Okani. Okani. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I get the mixed up. No, it's all good. They have like almost the same stats and they come down on four. So it, it's understandable, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I love that. I think that's such a cool thing to do. And I think the events in mercenaries kind of mimic that because, and this is, this kind of also ties into something else I wanted to talk about. The release cycle for mercenaries changed. Um, and it was a very, very significant change. So on release, they were doing monthly mercenaries drops. So basically every month we would get a handful of new characters Usually it'd be about four or five characters. Sometimes it was more, but usually it was four or five. And this would happen pretty much every month. And that was one of the things I really liked about the mode was because due to that fast release cycle, it felt like the metagame in Mercenaries for PvP was constantly evolving. And just when it had time to kind of settle down, we would get new stuff and it would start evolving again and... I loved that. It felt like they weren't there weren't these long gap periods of time where things started to stagnate. And that was huge. But a problem with that was, as we talked about, the grinding was so intense, the vast majority of people, even those who wanted to engage in the PvP, they could not put the time required in to grind up these new characters under the old task system where they could get them all done in a month. Most people just could not do that. Like you feel like you couldn't even actually be involved in the PvP because you were so so focused on trying to get them leveled up in PvE. That exactly. that's kind of a frustration. It's like by the time you finally get there, oh, now there's another character, and it doesn't matter all that work you put in. Exactly, and it, that's such a feels bad moment if you've just spent a week, two weeks, three weeks, or whatever getting these characters up. Oh, I'm excited to try them in this PvE or PvP team that looked really cool and powerful. And then all of a sudden it's invalidated by some new characters who you have to do the same thing for. And I know a lot of people who really got burnt out on the mode because of that, because it was really just, it was not very sustainable. Now, funnily enough, that probably worked in my benefit as a creator because people would just watch it instead of playing it, but it wasn't good for the health of the mode in the long term. I definitely feel like watching people, especially if I know that it, there's a time requirement, right? Like I would mm-hmm. have to grind out for, for two, three weeks to be able to get to the point where I can even check to see whether or not this comp is any good. If I can watch somebody yeah. that has already done that grind, it saves me the time if I'm like, wait a second. No, it's actually not not that good. 
I'm just wasting my time. Exactly. And that's where I think uh, creators provided a valuable resource because there aren't very many of us. A lot of the, uh, the bigger creators dipped on mercenaries pretty quickly because they realized uh, PVP, I think a lot of bigger people probably wouldn't mind doing more PVP stuff if they didn't have to do the PVE. And the PVE just does not make good content for the vast majority mm. of, uh, of Hearthstone creators. Just, it, it, it's not very enjoyable to watch. There are some exceptions to that, uh, like doing some guides for heroics, and that can be interesting. But the, the PVE just, I think they really overestimated how much people were going to and like were going to like the gameplay of PVE. And it just isn't the most... Uh, it's, it's great if you want something to not focus on and talk to chat or something, but if your viewers are focused on the game, uh, they, they really don't want to see PvE most of the time. And that's just the way it is. Yeah, I kind of feel like PvE is one of those things where it's like, I'm going to be doing that myself, and I have to grind it too. Why would I want to watch somebody else grind the same thing that I'm grinding? It's just like, unless, unless I'm going back and forth with them. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Which even then, I'm probably not paying too much attention to the chat to be able to communicate with the streamer because I'm too busy pressing the buttons. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah, so it, it just that. didn't suit content creation very well, and there wasn't much variety to it either. I think this is one of the big kind of pitfalls of not currently having an end game system for PVE because there's a lot they could do with PVE to make it more dynamic and interesting. I mean, if they copy essentially the, the Rift system from Diablo 3, where they make kind of a, an infinite endgame where you can go through a bounty, and when you beat it, you get to like another level, but it gets harder, and it's procedurally generated off of content they've already produced, I think there's a lot of potential there. Uh, but unfortunately, they've been taking their sweet time with... Uh, with getting an end game out. And we even got some news on that recently at the beginning of the year, they mentioned a fix for excess coins and a PVE end game would be coming uh, sometime later in the year. However, on one of the recent XR AMAs, someone asked for some clarification on this. And it sounds like updated timetable is more like the beginning of next year. So it, it sounds, I guess that's technically still the same Hearthstone year if it comes out before uh, rotation and whatnot in March or April. Uh, but I think a lot of people, especially the people who main PVE, were really disappointed to hear that because we've been waiting a long time. Excess coins have been one of the biggest issues in the game that are very frustrating for players. And it sounds like the PVE endgame and the excess coin fix are very closely tied together. Uh, one's not going to come without the other. And unfortunately, it just sounds like we aren't going to see what that end game is until maybe January or February of 2023. I, I almost wonder if, if some of those fixes are like doing things that are like incremental buffs to like, say, an equipment item that would only work in that PVE content, maybe, and not necessarily <laughs> work in like a pvp setting so therefore you could almost diverge the two without completely breaking the the systems apart like can i make it so i can increase the effectiveness of like an equipment or Mm -hmm. pvp 
PVE, and then that would work in like a rift type system, and then also still leave the availability for PVP to kind of do its own thing where there's like a cap on that. Because it sounds like there's issues where if you're not able to level your characters, then you're not fully participating in PVP as well without making yes. it too divergent. And that almost would that's correct. I feel like that would almost fix the answer. Now I'm I'm saying that as an outside <laughs> outsider looking in, and maybe that's not the answer, but No, you're pretty spot on actually. Um we've gotten hints and and whatnot over time, and basically what you described sounds like what they're going to do because you can't make these coins extra coins power up your characters uh like infinitely if it's going to impact pvp because then the game becomes like pretty much pay to win whoever has the most coins is going to be the one with the most powerful characters and that's not a good way to do things uh it would destroy pvp um (laughs) no i i get that because i i'm currently on a little kick where i'm playing diablo immortal and um while i do it as a free-to-play player i know like i go into battlegrounds where i am playing and there are times when i can tell when there's no whales inside battlegrounds because Mm -hmm. i'm the mvp of the battlegrounds and i'm like this feels amazing but then there are times where like i just get destroyed and it's because i know there's like two or three people that have paid you know five thousand dollars towards the game and yeah (laughs) and i'm just getting killed by those two or three players the other players yeah they're helping but it's really like i get killed by the two or three players all the time (laughs) yeah no exactly so i get it like if if somebody was able to pay to win even in the pvp realm where they have the most amount of coins so they can update their character the best sometimes that that leads for for really a a very bad feeling, especially for a lot of PvP players where they feel like they've put in the extra time and energy to finally get their characters to where they need to be, and yet they're still not good enough. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I completely understand that. If you can separate the two, it makes it even better. And I feel like that would almost make where Diablo Immortal could make that change is, okay, these things work only in PvE, yeah. these things work in PvP, but that's not the, the way that system is set up, and it's done that way on purpose. A hundred percent. It doesn't happen by accident, right? Like, there's a lot of thought and economics and analysis that goes into all of these decisions, and there are probably tens or hundreds of people whose job it is to figure all that stuff out in the most cost-effective way for the company. Uh, so they have talked about a bit. It really sounds like basically what you were saying, uh, the excess coins fix. It sounds like it's going to be you can use your extra coins to power up your characters more in endgame PvP or PvE somehow, um, Where, but it will not impact how your characters perform in PvP. Now, they did say a long time ago it is possible in the future uh, that maybe they'll add additional levels to mercenaries characters, but I don't think that's something we're going to see anytime soon. So in theory right now, the, your skills are, they go up to level five and your items go up to level four. Now it's possible in the future, they could say, Hey, we're increasing the max level for mercenaries. We're going from, they could do their regular uh, max level 30, which is like the character level. They could increase that, uh, but that wouldn't impact the the coins. But if they 
if they increase skills or item levels, you could then spend those excess coins, but that would be something everybody would be able to do and there would be a cap. Uh, I think that could happen, but I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I think that's something maybe a ways down the road if they want to maybe make characters have a bit more HP or something. Like one thing we've talked about uh, before in the past was uh, right now most item or skills are in a speed system of 0 to 10. It's possible to go above 10, but in terms of like base skill speed, it's somewhere between 0 speed and 10 speed. 0 is the fastest, 10 the slowest. And I think they could add a lot of design space to the game if they essentially doubled that, if they went from 0 to 20, because it would result in less things like speed ties. You would just have a bigger range to design character abilities, so you'd let, end up with less 6-speed abilities. Not every character is going to have a 5-speed or a 6-speed. Um, and all you would have to do with the already released characters is essentially just double them, and it wouldn't really change anything about the mode because you're just adjusting the number. But it's effectively keeping it the same. It just allows for more design space. Well, and and we talk about that with like balances and nerfs and Hearthstone, how a one mana difference mm-hmm. for a card that costs one mana is a fifty percent change, whereas a one mana difference for a like seven mana card is isn't as yeah. big of a change because mathematically, just it percentage wise is less of the total cost. Exactly. So you know, a a major change to multi-strike in going from one mana to two mana is a big change. A change for Cariel going from seven mana to eight mana is a small change mm-hmm. and actually may not <laughs> may not have a major impact. It but it might, but more often than not it's it's not as Yeah, it can, but it's less likely than that small mana change because like you said, you're just upping the cost of the card, you're doubling it. And that's kind of what we saw in some of those uh, those recent buffs and mercenaries. A lot of the buffs, some were on speed, but the bigger ones, the most impactful ones, were on cooldown. And I think there's a parallel there. Basically, cooldown matters a lot in mercenaries. A lot of ability, every character will have at least one ability that has zero cooldown, so they can always press that button. But a lot of other abilities are on two or three, or no, one or two cooldown. There are some that are higher than that, but they're kind of, uh, they're not very common. Most abilities are one cooldown or two cooldown. The difference between one and two cooldown in PvP is astronomical. It is, it, it basically, because PvP is relatively fast-paced in Mercenaries, if you have a two cooldown skill, you are made, you are getting that off once a game, maybe, uh, this is also kind of what plays into picking a character for the bench versus as a lead, as that cooldown does go down when they're on the bench. So if you have a, a two or a three cooldown character, but if you send them in on turn two or turn three, you can use that right away. They don't have to be in play for the cooldown to go down. Uh, but if you have that character and you use that ability, let's say two cooldown, you have to wait two more turns before you can do that again. And two turns is a very, very long time, especially with the new fatigue system they added for PvP, where after turn 10, it essentially doubles all the damage. So normal hits hit for double, and critical hits hit for four times. Wow. (laughs) 
So then it becomes like now you're in overtime, so somebody's gonna win and it's gonna happen very quickly. Yeah, and that was a change that was implemented to help remedy some ties. There were some characters that you could end up in a locked board state where there wasn't a way for you or your opponent to kill each other. You'd get down to this one merc, basically Sinestra was probably the most common with this, and she just had a very powerful heal and then an AoE ability that was also a heal. And it, you would end up in this position where if you didn't have a team that respected Sinestra to kill it fast enough, and both players had Sinestra, you would get down to Sinestra v. Sinestra, and you would both have to click the button for however many turns it was to uh, ultimately the game will call a tie after a certain amount of turns. But it was very boring, and there wasn't any thought to it, and then sometimes people would do the obnoxious thing of trying to rope it out to get the other person to concede, and it just wasn't a good experience. So they implemented fatigue to try and deal with that, and I think it's been a nice addition to the game. I don't think I've ever run into that with the exception of like a PVE match where like I was like, you know, I think it was Anduin and and I want to say it was Cookie. It probably was the other Murloc that I'm... It's probably Cookie. Anduin and Cookie, I believe there's a way to tie. Like they can like, like <laughs> they just like sit there and heal themselves while they're doing... Yeah, and you just don't have the damage to get through it versus the healing. And uh, this is only PvP. Uh, this is specifically a PvP thing. They actually lowered the total max turns in PvP initially to uh, to try and uh, fix this, but it didn't really do a great job. Uh, so they implemented Fatigue, which I think is a much, much better system. The only thing I wish they would add uh, is a way to tell what turn it is more easily as you will get a little pop-up when you enter Fatigue, but there's not really a good way right now to track what turn you are on unless you're just like counting it yourself. And unfortunately, the deck trackers don't really do that either. So it, you have to like really pay attention if Fatigue is something that you think is going to be relevant. You're concerned about, yeah, I get that. That totally makes sense to me as well. I mean, more information is never going to be something that you're going to be upset exactly. about. So. Um, but the the cooldown thing, uh, I, I went off a little, little tangent there, but the cooldown thing, uh, it, the big thing, so two cooldown is a lot in Mercenaries. Uh, one cooldown is pretty standard for some more powerful skills, so you can't be spamming them every turn. And the most notable buffs we got in the, the recent update were buffs that made abilities go from one cooldown to zero cooldown. And that's huge, because like you said with the going from one to two mana, going from one to zero is basically infinite. Like, you can do it every single turn uh, if that's what you want to do. And that opens up a lot of possibilities, especially when one of the, the characters who got that buff was Yulon, and the ability that got buffed, not only does it provide health to Yulon and your other characters, it also shuts off stealth and taunt for all the other characters on the field, which was kind of what Yulon was designed to do as like a Valera counter, but having that one cooldown really made it not able to be used effectively as a Valera counter, because by the time you could use it, you couldn't use it on turn one. By the time you could use it, it was one speed, but Valera would be at zero speed because she'd be stealthed up on turn two, and it just wasn't a very 
effective means of countering it in what felt like was supposed to be an answer. So this change was absolutely huge because now you can effectively just turn off stealth for Valera the whole time while also ramping up your character's health. And it does something I wanted for a while, which is it gives uh, a slower strategy or a more grindy strategy a little bit more to work with. Uh, Traditionally, the vast majority of mercenaries' metas have been hyper-aggressive. It's about trying to kill your opponent as fast as possible. That's why characters like Cookie have been so good, because you can get a quick kill sometimes, and it swings the game, because you kill their mercenary, so you're denying an action, which is huge when you only have three characters. Uh, So you're denying 33% of what your opponent's doing on a turn, and you're getting a huge HP swing, giving 15 health to all your characters at the same time. So that's been a huge thing in Mercenaries. And apart from one meta, uh, the dragon meta, when we got a lot of the dragons added all at once, most of the the Mercenaries metagames have been more aggressive leaning because the the tools for sustain and kind of more controlly styles haven't really been powerful enough to outlast the hyper-aggressive damage ones or a previous strategy that was very popular, just quickly freezing your opponent. <laughs> as we as we know from Constructed, players don't really like when your stuff gets frozen and you can't act all the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't really care for when I don't get to actually play the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of frustrating. Um, but... Uh, sounds like there's there's plenty of new changes that that really make us want to go back in and play the game uh making it worthwhile to come back we got you talked about those task changes there's now more mercenaries to play with yeah we have almost 100 we have i think 98 or 97 98 mercenaries right now and with all those changes that also means pvp that 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 increased the diversity for that right 100 percent there's a lot more to do and and also different comps to go against. Like so, you're talking about now it's not just there's one answer for this very powerful uh, comp. It's like there's a variety out there. Yes, and that's huge for me because as a creator, what I like to do is variety. I am not the person who's going to play the same comp a hundred plus times to learn the perfect lines and whatnot. Uh, that's definitely you know there are players like who are out there who enjoy that type of stuff. Uh, But for me, it's about variety and trying out and showing off a bunch of different comps. I want to get the most out of all these characters I've maxed out. That's why I spent a lot of time maxing all the early characters, because I knew in a game like this, there are characters who will be unplayable at launch, who all it takes is one powerful character with synergy to come out, and all of a sudden that character is relevant. And that has happened a bunch of times so far. So it really pays to, even if you don't think a character is currently useful, sometimes it's good to just get it done anyway, because then if a new character drops, you don't have to level up that new character and then these old ones who you've ignored. Um, but yeah, variety is the real big thing. I think as the, the game grows and expands, we're just going to see more and more of that. For anyone who played at launch, you might remember that Karen Diablo, and then when Cookie got added, that was the premier bench. In almost any comp, you would throw in Karen and Diablo, and your win percentage would go up, because they were the most powerful bench combination, and there really wasn't a lot to compete with that. 
uh, that has changed a lot. Karen Diablo still exists. Uh, it still sees play in some comps. It is not even close to the most popular bench comp. So it's really changed and evolved a lot. And I think as we continue to get more characters and under the new uh, release system, they're basically doing it where instead of mercenaries, like I said before, was getting monthly drops. And I talked about how that wasn't sustainable for a lot of people. Uh, now they've changed the release cadence. So now mercenaries, the big mercenaries patches are essentially coming with 0.4 patches, which are the mini set. Uh, so when the the mini set comes out, that is also the update where we get a lot of mercenaries all at once. So instead of dropping five mercenaries a month over four months, they give us like 20 all at once uh, with that big patch. And then in between patches, they do, like you mentioned, uh, the, the events, which I think are a really great thing and have brought in a lot of new players. Um, but they give us things in between, whether it's some balance updates, like the buffs we got, or an event to add a new character. We'll get another new character on the new rewards track, as they do a free merc in that every time. So they, they trickle out, you know, one, two, or three, and some changes, which can make, you know, irrelevant mercs relevant again. Because um, I think there's a stark difference between a lot of the launch mercenaries we got versus the mercs they're designing in 2022. The new characters, I think, are a lot better designed and a lot more powerful. So it's nice when they kind of go back and they make these characters useful again, because I like a lot of these launch characters, but I need a reason to use them compared to the new powerful stuff. Um, but yeah, the big updates are 0.4, and we just got one of those with the mini set, and it was really, really great. Awesome. So like now I might be able to go back and, and say use Cariel a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Cariel sees play in a meta comp. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Because I know for me, Cariel is one of my favorites, but that's also because I have a very paladin-minded mm -hmm. uh, mindset. So anytime I can use uh, any of the characters that I view to be paladins, I'm like, oh, I gotta... Yeah, there you go. And Cariel's is very thematic uh, because basically the role she sees play in in PvP right now, there's a comp where the goal is you have a bench with these human characters, one of which is Cariel, and you're using your opener to buff up your bench so they have a huge amount of stats. And then these characters are all attacking-focused characters that really benefit from attacking. And why Cariel is so good is because she provides sustain, because a lot of the times you want your three first mercenaries to die so you can bring in the, the big bench and kind of win the game with that. And Cariel has an ability where, with this equipment, if you kill something with Cariel, she heals herself and your whole team for 60. And that's insane. It's it's like a Reno heal, essentially, on your whole team. Um, and that is the, kind of what makes the whole team work, is without that sustain from Cariel and the fact that she gets so big that she can kill things easily to trigger that, uh, the comp wouldn't really work. So she definitely has a role in PvP right now. Well, I definitely need to figure out what that comp is because uh, that sounds excellent to me. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> because I, when I played with her before, I was like, it's it's fun to play with her, but I never get to use that, yep. that, that ability. So to be able to use it sounds perfect to me. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> but 
speaking of a lot of fun, you also said, you, you were talking to me earlier, there's community events that are out there for Mercs as well. Something else, another way, avenue in which you can play Mercs is with, within the community as well. So what, what are those about? Yes. And, uh, that is, that's one of my favorite things about Mercenaries is despite it being a smaller community compared to some of the other bigger modes like Standard or Battlegrounds, it's a very tight-knit community, and there's just a lot of great people in it. Um, I know what I do, what I've liked doing, and uh, the community seems to be very receptive to it, is I run community events. Uh, we actually did one last night. We did a Mercenaries draft. Draft is really, really cool in Mercenaries because uh, the gameplay is so different compared to PvP uh, because you're not just grabbing these six mercs that you think are powerful you're drafting from a pool with other people and it kind of adds these interesting limitations uh, another thing is i do bands in my draft so everyone gets to pick a band before we start the draft so that's depending on draft players we did eight last time eight's probably the cap we usually do six to eight players and uh, everyone selects a band and then we get a pool selected and then we draft from that pool and we repeat till everyone has a team. And then we just go play tournament style. We've tried it a few different ways. I've done uh, round robin. We've done just a traditional kind of uh, best of three games, single elimination, double elimination. And they're really a lot of fun. The, the draft ones are really great. And then another event that myself and some of my uh, podcast co-hosts have put on where uh, we called them the popper events so if anyone knows magic popper is a format where you only play with commons so you don't have uh, any higher rarity than common so what we did was we wanted to do an event that was a little bit more uh, new player friendly to get people involved uh, because obviously not everyone has all the legendary characters and whatnot uh, so what we did was we we made this popper event and we did one we've had two of them and we're going to have another one hopefully soon. But the whole idea with Popper is you could only use rares and epics. Legendaries were not allowed in this uh, in the building of these comps for these tournaments. The first one we did an even uh, like more restriction back when the, the first Mercenaries wave came out. A lot of Mercenaries' best items were tied to uh, completing Task 7 for them. So for our first popper event, we also banned task seven items because those were predominantly the most powerful items for most characters. So it also put a limitation there and that also helped reduce like the, the grind needed if you wanted to participate. Um, and then we did another one a little bit more recently, but we kind of did a theme with it where it was during the Nazoth event. And so we made it so Nazoth, because he was free with the event, he was the only legal legendary um, and then the rest had to be uh, rares or epics and both events were really, really fun. And I can't wait to do another one because uh, I think this mode really shines the most when there is a more limited environment to it. The regular PVP is still fun in its own right, but I think you really see a lot of like people just have to learn on the fly because you can't prepare Popper, you can prepare for a little bit, but draft, you can't prepare for a draft. You have to learn on the fly 
and you see combinations you will have never run into before. And so it really is testing player skill in a totally different way than just learning one of the best comps and going and playing with it. I think those added limitations also add for a lot of fun. I that's also the reason I think when I when I try to focus my attention on just paladin that like well that's a limitation mm-hmm. and I like limitations because then it it makes your mind think differently and how can I solve problems that I that are out there for that specific playset. And uh I think that's interesting too when you have draft you're you're focusing on how can I focus those limitations so that way i uh get the best comp with what i do have versus what i normally have access to everything exactly yeah it it just it's great especially for people who usually the people we have playing in them are members of the community who are very involved and who have been around for a while so a lot of people have a lot of these characters maxed out but they never really get to use them in pvp and so it's awesome when you see something totally unconventional be able to just absolutely sweep stuff. Like uh, in our draft event the other night, one of the comps that made it to the finals was a holy comp with Anduin and Tyrael and Urel. And that's not something we've seen on ladder like at all, but it did pretty well against some comps that we thought were going to just stop the whole event. Like someone drafted a comp that was actually kind of close to a ladder comp with a lot of fire units and Diablo and a lot of very powerful characters, but that comp was not able to beat the kind of sustain and scaling of the holy comp, which I think would be a lot harder to accomplish on ladder. That's excellent. <laughs> Love being able to to also see it, and maybe even it it would give you a chance to like see a comp that maybe you didn't consider. Yes, that too. And then all of a sudden now. You're like, wait a second, what if I actually put that together on the ladder? How would that go? Yeah. And maybe you change out one or two to like really kind of min-max mm-hmm. it, but it could actually set you up to like develop a new comp that nobody even thought of before. Definitely. I love that. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I really love the community events and a uh, big shout out to the community because it would not be possible without them. It's, it's made oh. for the community by the community. that's that's kind of like why we're here we're here for the community making uh, information readily available for them as well so it's great to have you on and provide all of those uh, amazing different updates for mercenaries and give us an idea of where we can start um but i i did hear that you have a card of the week for everybody so let's let's see what that is what 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 are you bringing to the table (laughs) (laughs) okay so uh so i I like this it took me it took me a little bit of thinking here because i wanted to pick something that was both obviously a a card and character that i really like a lot but also something i could kind of uh come up with something fun to to mess around with some some lyrics for but i think i found one that i'm pretty happy with and uh that is Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> All right. I mean, the the iconic character himself is in Mercenaries. He was actually an event a while ago. And uh, I, I wanted to pick a song as well that was kind of iconic to me. Um, and I am a very, very big Foo Fighters fan. They're, oh, they're uh, probably my favorite artist of all time. I've seen them three times. Um, and I just absolutely love their music. So I wanted to see if I could come up with something 
that uh, that could tie Leroy into Foo Fighters. And uh, I, I have a little something here. Uh, I, I, I'm awful at singing, so bear, uh, bear that in mind. Well, that sounds like that you are set up for perfection, <laughs> because that is exactly... We, we don't aim for, uh, like, high levels of singing ability. It's just about, are you having mm-hmm. fun? It sounds like you're about to have some fun, so let's... All right. <laughs> so the, the song is uh, My Hero. So, there goes my Leroy. Watch him as he goes. There goes my Leroy. He's legendary. Don't the best of them raid it out while the rest of them chicken out. Loot or consequence. Say it aloud. Use that Jenkinsness. Charge it around. <laughs> there goes my Leroy. Watch him as he goes. There goes my Leroy. He's legendary. <laughs> So that's what I came up with. <laughs> I love it. Oh, now when I hear that song on the radio again, I'll, I'll uh, end up hearing your version <laughs> of it in the back of my head as well. So that's excellent. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, no, I, I like that. That was, it, it was a little challenging, but I'm pretty happy uh, with the end result. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Always glad to, to have new renditions added to the show. Well, Thank you so much for coming on before we let you go. Any final thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, just thanks so much for having me on. This was great. Uh, I do a mercenaries focused podcast, uh, the fighting pit with, uh, two other members of the community. Um, we do that weekly on Saturdays. We just took a week off this past week. So this actually worked out really great getting to come on here. Cause, uh, I was missing my little, little podcast fix for the week. So this, this was a nice uh, way to fill that in when I wasn't able to do it on my own. Um, but yeah, definitely. If you want to learn more Merc stuff, highly recommend checking that out. Uh, and I do daily stuff on YouTube, uh, mercenaries videos every day, mostly PVP stuff, but I've got a, uh, probably a new player guide coming out pretty soon because a lot of those old ones are kind of outdated with all the changes. So gonna try and help out some new players and uh i'm streaming more regularly on twitch like i mentioned in the beginning uh, my internet is now sustainable so i can actually do streams without it crashing on me which is awesome so yeah i'm trying to do like i don't have a set schedule yet over there but i'm trying to do four or five days a week of uh mostly mercenary stuff but sometimes a little bit of a uh, wild or other stuff thrown in there too well, definitely, we'll need to head over there, click that like, and get the little bell so we can get notified when uh, you're going live. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming out. We'll make sure to include links in the show notes for your your podcast as well as your uh, YouTube and and Twitch uh, locations too. And I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us over here on the Happy Hearthstone. Yeah. Thanks for ha- having me. Well, you have fun out there. Thanks. Take it easy. Thank you for listening. As a reminder, you are the happy Hearthstone. We'd like to take a moment to thank each and every one of our patrons. Ridiculous Hat, James W., and Beef Squatch, thank you for all your support. You can join them over at patreon.com for only a dollar a month and get early access to every episode. Additionally, as a reminder, you can leave us a review at your favorite podcast source, including iTunes. It really helps people to find the show. And finally, If you'd like to join us and talk about your favorite 
aspect of Hearthstone, we'd love to have you on. Thank you so much. We'll see you on the next episode.